TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to the Two Guys and a Mic show. Beautiful Monday post-Thanksgiving weekend. I said welcome back because we were off Thursday and Friday. You add into the weekend a little four-day celebratory holiday for the Two Guys and a Mic guys. That would be me and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. And as our Facebook page let off today, we didn't lead off with football or the uh, college football, you know, playoff bowl situation, how it changed over the weekend. We didn't lead off with the Chicago Bears or NFL football and all the phenomenal games yesterday. We let off with the big dog. Four days without supervision, four days without contact. What trouble did he get into? That's what the fans out there really want to know. Hopefully nothing serious. Let me welcome in my good partner via telecommunicative phone lines from, I believe, Aurora, Illinois. It's the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Joe, how are you? Uh, doing fantastic, Coach. And luckily, I didn't get into any trouble whatsoever. Oof. Believe me, I was worried. I, was... Uh, I you know, hung out with the family. Well, I, I guess I did get in a little bit of trouble because on on, uh, on Wednesday, the reason why I didn't do the show is, uh, you know, typically if I'm not here, it's because I'm actually like rubbing an old woman's feet for some <laughs> uh, like extra cash or something like that, or maybe I'm picking up some dog poop. That you that pays well, by the way, especially if you do it by the pound. Very by underrated. The <laughs> by the pound, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a yeah, package I mean, like, deal. By, I mean, like, by the pound, not, like, for weight. I meant, like, <laughs> if you're actually collecting it by the pound, the dog pound, that is. Thank you very much for that description. We are America's number one breakfast show, as long, long as you're not, not eating, America, breakfast. eating breakfast. Thank you very much. Hey, but yeah, but actually Wednesday, I actually had some fun on Tuesday night, and uh, so I had to do some stuff on Wednesday morning to mm-hmm. continue to have a little fun, Coach. So it, it was, I mean, it ended up being a pretty decent couple, four days for me. Mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of fun this weekend. Everything okay with the uh, Radwanski family clan? I don't know all the dynamics in your family, but usually Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, a couple of days together, brings out both the positives and the negatives, the humorous if not the less than humorous family dynamics. Anything we need to talk about here on the internationally acclaimed Two Guys in a Mike Sports Show? You know, I'd have to say Thanksgiving by far the best of all the holidays yeah. in the Radwatsky family. And, the, mm-hmm. and growing up, it used to be the best because my mom used to host Thanksgiving for uh, the whole family. Yeah. And what would happen is after dinner, all of my friends would show up. So the Hogans, the Nuccios, the Hackmans, they would they would all show up. The next thing you know, there'd be uh, you know there'd, there'd be fifty people in my house. Mm-hmm. And and when Uncle Sonny would get drunk, oh my goodness! And then they then Uncle Sonny would be like, say to my buddy Sonny, "Your name is Sonny, really?" And then my buddy Sonny would be like, "Yeah, we went through this last year." <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, it was some good stuff. Beautiful, beautiful. I, we we had an outstanding. Th- I actually did doubleheader, as I normally do. Five helpings, two in the first sitting, three in the second sitting, followed after five solid helpings by uh, two. Dessert specials of pumpkin pie with the homemade whipped cream. It was outstanding. But I will tell you, Big Dog, the entire day, not entire day, but the entire eating apparatus almost got ruined at the very beginning by uh, 
my sister-in-law bringing over, it, it was a, well, every year she brings over a green bean casserole, which doesn't do anything for me, but this was a green bean casserole gone bad. And she's in the kitchen trying to save a lost green bean casserole. Let's just say it almost ruined my appetite for the entire day. How do you how do you make something and then later try to save it when you show up? I, I don't understand that. What happened? What did she forget the? Well, you know, she's in charge of bringing one dish. Her specialty is the green bean casserole. God knows why. Every year she takes home four fifths of the green bean casserole. Tries to throw a little bit of leftovers with us, but I always uh, decline that. But you know, it, it, it you know it was too runny or whatever. So she's putting more mushroom soup, yuck, into the green bean casserole. It got even worse. I'm watching her stir it up, try to fix it, almost. Almost ruined my entire day. But I did come back with a five-helping performance. So the great ones, like like in sports and athletics, big dogs, the great ones are able to overcome adversity. And believe me, that green bean casserole, that was adversity. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a typical. Everybody at, at the dinner I was at was talking about how much they were eating, and I was the only one not talking. That, oh, you thank you. Much I ate, and I just kept digging away, thank digging you. away, digging away, digging away. And then, yeah. That's and then, a, then afterwards... My brother just took her head. She's like, I'm surprised you don't have you have any yeah. fingers left as much as you ate. Boy, did you you touched a button with me because that's exactly I had that same feeling. You you said it perfectly. Everybody else is talking about it. I'm keeping quiet and doing the eating. Yeah, way too much. We <laughs> talked about this before. Down. Way too much. You're going for a good meal. Way too much yak. Enough. You know, you're at McDonald's or you're eating some kind of cheap food. No problem. Have some nice conversation. If the food is great, be it a fancy restaurant or a nice Thanksgiving dinner, easy on the conversation, easy on the yakety yakety yak. Concentrate on the food, on the eating, enjoy the taste. Concent or, or uh, you know delve into that particular sense, your sense of taste at that time. I'm with you all the way, big dog. Glad you, you brought know, that uh, up. Every, every, I miss. I do miss eating uh, Thanksgiving dinner with my uncle Sonny. Yeah. Because right before we eat, because mm. I usually end up at the end of the table by Uncle Sonny. Mm-hmm. And he'll end up saying a one-line joke that is so distasteful that I can't say any on there, even though I I want to really mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> but I mean, like for the first like minute of the of the of the dinner, I can't eat because I'm laughing so hard. Give me a hint. Does it have anything to do with turkey testicles? No. No, okay. but I'll be waiting for one of those next year. You know, every year my my family always asks me, "Hey, Joel, why don't you be the one who uh, who says grace?" So I'd be like, "I would like to thank Tammy for the food we are about to eat." Uh-huh. You know, I always say that, and everyone starts laughing. I'm like, "I do it every year." <laughs> so. By the way, your uncle's Sonny, and we'll get the sports talk in just a second, please, folks. We got to rehash the uh, rehash the weekend a little bit. But your uncle Sonny, not your actual uncle, you call him it because it's a, a, a true family friend, right? No, 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 no. Sonny, my best friend, is Sonny. But this is his, he's Bartholomew Klopak. And by the way, Uncle Sonny, without question, of the old radio show, I don't know if he's figured out the internet yet, but of the radio show, The Morning Break, <laughs> yes, he listened every day for seven years. God bless him. Every day for seven years. And he used to listen on so he's the one. the Chicago Heights one. So. <laughs> What's that? He used to listen to the Chicago Heights station, the 1470 station. Wow. That's that's dedication beyond the cause because that signal reached out to I think it was about a three and a half block radius. Yeah, exactly, coach. Yeah, and he used to drive his uh, he used to, he used to drive it at just a listen. That's the ultimate compliment you can get in radio. You know that, Bidell. When people are in their car 
and they may be parked at a particular location ready to go to their next errand or whatever event they're at, and they stay in the car to listen to the end of that particular radio segment. The ultimate compliment to the radio professional, a guy like yourself. And I use that term in the loosest sense. I always thought it was when the check cleared. (laughs) Well, it's a little bit of that, too. We're still waiting for that compliment, Coach. Yes, yes. It'll come, I guarantee. Nine years, you got to keep on plugging, big dog. Keep chopping away at the tree. You know, the big old oak tree, and there you chop and you chop and you chop. Nothing changes. Finally, finally, one of those chops is the one that does it, and that oak tree falls over and makes a big old loud sound, at least hopefully that someone is there to listen to it. And we just got to keep chopping away, big dog. That's all we can do. You know, I, I thought I was chopping at an oak tree, but I found out it was a sequoia. That's a problem. That's a problem. you got to have the proper weapon. Speaking of, uh, well, combining the, the axe and the turkey testicle comment that I just made, did you see the cartoon in the paper with the um, butcher with the axe ready to take care of the turkey, you know, and get him ready for Thanksgiving and kill the turkey? The turkey puts up his hand and goes, hey, don't touch my junk. No, I did not. Yeah. I also got <laughs> someone emailed me this morning the um, – What's the, is it called? The TSA, the Transportation Security Association, or uh, yeah, Transportation Security Authority? Yeah. Their 2011 calendar. Okay. And it's got the figures, you know, skeletal figures of 12 beautiful women. All you can see is the high heels on them, and the rest of it is the skeletal figure. They're posed in different poses. That's your, <laughs> that's your TSA calendar picture for 2011. Very, very You funny. can see soft tissue in there. Huh? So you, you you can see soft tissue in there, so you'll be able to figure out how big her breasts are, if they're real or yeah, not. Yeah, you know what? I didn't look that close. I don't know about the real part, but uh, I thought there was humor. I didn't I didn't investigate that closely, Big Dog. I'll forward it to you, and you can do the research, okay? If it was just a skeleton, I don't think people would have problems with it, Coach, to be honest with you. I really don't think yeah. they would. It's the problem that the thing can see soft tissue as well, mm-hmm. which uh, that's why they call it the blank measuring device. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with clip-ons and, and Photoshop and everything, you can take that skeleton, dress it up a little bit, and somebody can have a whole lot of fun. You know, get your kicks any way you can. I don't know what it looks like. The, have you seen the actual images of what it? Uh, I, I, but from what I understand, you can see soft tissue on it. It's like uh, it's like transparent, but you can see it. So mm-hmm. you can basically find out uh, a lot about a person is the best way to do it. Not worried about the soft tissue. Can they see the hard tissue? That's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> Eight 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 four six. Hey ho! Blue forty two red. Audible left. Audible left. Bring it in. Signal one. T O. Give me a T O. Stop calling timeouts, by the way, Jay Cutler. That's the one thing that still bugs me with the Chicago Bears. Uh, let us get to some sports talk. I'm glad the weekend was good, Big Dog. Again, four days without me or producer extraordinaire David Olson in touch with you or supervising or in contact. We do worry about you, and I'm glad everything's okay with you. If I had any money, you might have to worry about me. But, you know, instead, it's just like I, I went family to family as, as they fed me. Mooching, you know, was, you know, mooching like food crashed. any way you could, huh? Yeah, most people crash weddings. I was crashing Thanksgiving dinner. So, like, <laughs> who's that new cousin we got? <laughs> all right. I think all the leftovers are gone, so you got to fend on your own now, Big Doug. Yes, they're gone. They're done. Yeah. All right, let's talk great sports weekend. A lot of football over the weekend. We'll sneak in a little basketball, talk a couple other things as well. We have our obituary of the day. This one very sad for me. We'll jump off the sports page a couple of times, too. We should mention our producer, David Olson, on the other side of the glass. We're back in action after a four-day break. 
Big dog, uh, let's go college football. First, Boise State gets upset. That was the big story. Very few people even realized it, including me, because the game was so late on, uh, what, Friday night. I didn't find out till like 24 hours later, but Nevada knocked them off. Wild game. I have not seen the replay of the field goal. Many people told me the field goal that would have won the game for the fighting Boise State. What's their nickname? The Broncos. For the fighting Bronco uh, was actually good. The referee signaled no, and Nevada beat him in overtime. Have you seen the replay of the field goal? You know what? I was watching the game. I just assumed it was good. I thought it was close, but I'm like, hey, he's got the the, the ref has a better angle than we do, so it must have been good. Is what I thought. So or bad. So I I, I can't tell you, Coach. It was seventeen nothing, and I was about to go to bed, and then something told me I was like, you know what? They should have been up. You know, they should have, at this point, they should have been up 35 nothing. So maybe I should hang on and watch. And next thing you know, it's 24-7, and then Kyle Kaepernick, who is the best player in the country nobody knows about, just went off. And uh, what a ball game that was, Coach. Uh, Boise State played well. They responded every single time. Their only problem was, you know, they ran out of time at the end. They had to kick the field goal, and the kid missed it. Wow. So, Twenty, And it was not a 40 or 50. It was a 26-yarder. How do you... If it did fall just short, my question was the controversy wasn't left or right. It was whether it made it over the field goal bar or not. If it wasn't tipped, how are you? No, it wasn't. It was he pushed it right. It was it was over the bar. Oh. It was whether or not it it that was the thing. It was over the right up or the right upright. It was fifty feet above the bar. Oh, okay. It made it by well, all right. See, I prefaced it by saying I haven't seen the replay. When I heard the discussion on the radio. I thought they were describing like how it barely made it over the bar. So they were talking about the extended upright. Upright, okay. Because I was going to say a 26-yard field goal. How can you be short on that? All right, so man, that's a tough call. Is that something you could go to replay with? Do you think down the road maybe this will be the impetus for that? You know what? It would have been. I still think he missed it. I, I could understand how somebody's saying that, but I, I, I thought it was a missed field goal. And, and the, the ref was looking right up. The guy's underneath it. He could tell whether or not it was left or right. Because mm-hmm. you stand right underneath the upright. So it's easy to tell whether or not it was good or bad. Man, 26-yard field goal attempt would have won the game. I don't know. The fact that it was close, probably enough, not enough to put Boise State uh, up in the rankings where they could have contended for that national championship spot. And for a while, it looked like that spot was open, Big Dog, because the uh, Auburn-Alabama game, now I watched that puppy. Alabama, as you well know, as everybody knows, had a huge lead in that game. It looked like there was going to be a spot open to play Oregon, and then Auburn finds their way back. A thriller, 28-27 final score, great ball game. Did you catch that one in between discussions with Uncle Sonny and company? Uh, Coach, uh, yeah, on Friday I was able to get home in time to watch both of those. Those are the two games that I had to see on Friday. And uh, I watched every snap of the Alabama-Auburn game. And quite simply, you know, I'm always talking about you got to be able to run the ball. The team with most passing yards typically loses, all that other stuff. But, uh, Coach, you know you're supposed to play to win the ball game. Alabama throws for 320 yards in the first half. And then all of a sudden the second half, they start running it into the wall. And what I mean is running it into the wall is they couldn't run the ball. And, and they just quit passing. And it was one, two, three, out, punt. One, two, three, punt. One, two, three, punt. And they quit throwing the ball. If you can't run on one particular day, maybe you just got to decide, hey, I know Alabama will run a team, Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram. We're going to have to throw it today in order to win. Because every time they threw the ball, they got it done. And then all of a sudden they're losing. And then they have to throw the ball. And Greg McElroy gets teed off on and destroyed. 
if they would have continued throwing the ball early in the second half, coach, mm-hmm. playing to win instead of not to lose, uh, yeah. right now TCU is playing in the national yeah. title game. You're exactly right. As I was watching the comeback, that's the thought that entered my head. I said at the start of the game, it was at Alabama, great atmosphere. I mean, it doesn't get any better. If you're a college football fan, any more intense, any more of the, the pageantry, the uh, the passion of college football, than the Iron Bowl, Alabama, and Auburn. It's as good as it gets. Great atmosphere out there. And in the beginning of the game, it was Auburn, uh, the undefeated team, the national champ, potential national champ with everything to lose. Alabama had already lost a couple of ball games. And yeah. they're at home, and they were clearly playing with the chip on their shoulder with nothing to lose. And they were dominating the game, taking the game to Auburn. They led, I think, uh, you know, by 20 points at halftime. It should have been two touchdowns more. They lost a couple of scores that they could have had. you got to beat a good team when they're down. They should have scored inside the red yes. zone. Yeah, that, that definitely hurt them. A Mark Ingram yeah. fumble, which never happened. But you, but you nailed it, Peter. And the, the uh, uh, announcers did not. That was the subtle difference in the game in the second half. The Auburn team that came into the game defending and kind of on the defensive, we got to find a way to win. All of a sudden, they were the wounded soldier, and they were playing to win. And the Alabama team that came in with that great chip on the shoulder, you could just feel it. It was different. Now they were defending, hoping to hang on. And as we've said many times, you play not to lose. That's exactly what's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm all about, like, hey, you know, you got to run the clock out, all that other stuff. But you just can't run it, you know, into that Auburn defensive line three times in a row and punt on, like, six, different, I mean, six straight possessions. It was unbelievable. That's how Auburn got right back into the game. I mean, it, came, it got to the point that they're, they dominated so much defensively that Auburn, even though they were down, didn't you felt like they didn't even have to score on every possession anymore. It was like they had room to breathe because you knew Auburn wasn't going to do it. I mean, Alabama wasn't going to do anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Saban, one of the best coaches in the country, I that second half he definitely was not. Uh, he was outcoached by Gene Chizik in that second half. 28-27. Gene Chizik, by the way, great story, right? You you related how he came from uh, Iowa State. The Auburn fans didn't want and him. got and... booed as he got off yep. the plane. Ridiculous. Yep, so, and now he's... Same people at Auburn are, are paying for his like family's uh, health care and mm-hmm. all everything else. It's pathetic. I like his demeanor on the sideline. It's the first Auburn game I've really watched in full, and I like the way when they were down – he did not panic. I like his demeanor. He kind of kept his cool, kept his calm, kept his team within the game, and he knew he had the, uh, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner, I think, at this point, Cam Newton, who could lead a comeback, so he didn't panic. I think that was key. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Gene Chizik, but I like what I saw in the game against uh, Alabama. So Auburn's still your one team you know, up there with Oregon. we got a potential national championship game. It would be a great battle. They still have to beat South Carolina. Out in the Big Ten, the Ohio State-Michigan battle. Big Dog didn't get a lot of the pub that it has in recent years, uh, primarily because Michigan is not as good, and Ohio State proved it again 37-7. to I did not watch this ball game, but uh, wow, Michigan getting beaten that badly, and that's probably the end of the Rich Rodriguez era, would you guess? I think it's it's got to be coach. You know, not only not only has they have they been horrible the last three years, they've had infractions. He's come off as a total jackass. You know, so I'm pretty I'm almost positive coach he's going to be gone, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that they're going to go after uh, Jim Harbaugh, which is what I would do, bring another Michigan man in. But of course, they don't exactly have the Jim Harbaugh style players. But I figure out uh, Jim Harbaugh will figure out a way to use uh, <laughs> Denard Robinson. I think 
any decent coach in the country can figure out how to use the ultimate weapon that they do have at quarterback. So uh, that shouldn't be too difficult for him. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh would be a great candidate. What he's done at Stanford, absolutely amazing. Stanford, uh, top five team now, still an outside shot. Outside shot of playing for a national championship if we see a couple of upsets uh, coming up. But didn't Jim Harbaugh last year criticize the Michigan program? And at that point, people said, forget it. He will never be the head coach of Michigan. I'm remembering some kind of controversy about a year ago. Yeah, you know what? You're right. There was some, there was something like that. But don't forget that uh, Jim Harbaugh was uh, late to his first meeting, his first football team meeting. At Michigan, and Bo Schembechler said, "Who are you?" And he said, uh, "You know, I'm Jim Harbaugh." He's like, uh, "Jimmy, you'll never play it down here at Michigan, <laughs> so don't worry about it, Coach." Uh, we know what he should have said. If someone says, "Who are you?" He should have said, "Fine, thanks." And who are you? Thank, <laughs> thank you very much. Now, the Ohio State victory over Michigan. By the way, college football fans, we'll get to NFL football in just a second. We'll take a. Uh, Quick break coming up in a couple of minutes and switch tones there a little bit. One-hour show, a lot to get to, four-day weekend to recap. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Feel free to dial it in and check in with the big dog and the coach, 888-463-6748. Big dog, the Big Ten season ends in a three-way tie. The Wisconsin Badgers, they uh, annihilated by Northwestern Wildcats. Michigan State very quietly won yet a game. Uh, again, three-way tie, pretty impressive for those three teams. And I think for Ohio State, Sixth consecutive Big Ten title tie or outright? Uh, is that correct? And if so, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it is, Coach. It is, Coach. And, and if you think about it, since Jim uh, Trussell's been there, so it's the last six years, and most of them outright, which is the truly amazing thing when you get you know you get outright championships in the in the Big Ten. But, you know, but he also won it in uh, 03 and 02. I mean, they've had some really, really, really good years since Jim Trussell took over. I mean, if you think about it, he's making a legend out of himself. You know, Woody Hayes is a legend. Bo Schembeck was a legend. When Joe Paterno is a legend, you know, when uh, when Jim Trussell retires, we're going to look back and just it's it's unbelievable how dominant Ohio State has been since he's been the head coach there. He's been this is his eleventh year coach, and he and he's won nine Big Ten titles. It's interesting because he couldn't be more different. Than Woody Hayes, and first of all, Ohio State brought you know took a chance. The athletic director, I forget who it was at the time, Rich Bayless maybe, but uh, whoever it was, they took a chance, brought him in from Youngstown State, a Division three school, correct? Uh, it's a it's an FCS coach. Okay, so you know coming in as a head coach at Ohio State, they took a quantum leap, a big chance, and you know sometimes you uh, spin the dice and it comes up not so good sometimes it comes up with your lucky number for ohio state obviously they chose the right guy but he is pretty much uh they both won a lot of games but he's the antithesis personality wise looks wise everything of what he is you know you're exactly right. he didn't get booed when he got off uh the bus like Jen, uh, uh gene chizik got booed when he got off the plane when he arrived at uh, ohio state from youngstown he didn't get booed but people were they were they were a little tepid about it. They weren't sure, you know. And then all of a sudden, his first thing he does is calls uh, the the students on campus to come meet because he said he wanted to meet the students. And and all these when all the students got down there, they're like in the gymnasium or whatever. And he was like, "Hey, we really need your support." And and I want you guys to wear scarlet whenever we go to the games, and especially. 342 days from now, we beat Michigan, and the place went crazy. And the and they. And, and, 
he's been able to beat Michigan. They've loved him ever since, Coach. I mean, he he knew exactly what he he put the pressure on himself immediately. Uh-huh. But he like he called out. I mean, he did it. He's done everything right since he's been at Ohio State, Coach. And now they they've now beaten Michigan uh, six consecutive years. Really, the only controversy. Eleven. Huh? Can you believe that? Ten out of eleven. Wow. Uh, Jim Trestle has more wins at Michigan than Rich Rodriguez does. <laughs> Ooh. I, well, I that heard hurts. that yesterday on SportsCenter. Yeah. Well, that stinks. Yeah, it does. That's... Michigan's never been had such a worse home record over the last three years ever in the history. As a matter of fact, no matter whatever three-year span besides the last three years, they've won twice as many games as Rich Rodriguez has at home. If you're a Michigan Big Blue fan listening to the show, that stings, that hurts. We know one of our uh, occasional fill-in hosts, Brian Bauer, uh, Double B we call him, uh, big-time Michigan fan, go blue. That 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 stings, that particular statistic when you put it that way. But rough season for Michigan. But the Big Ten season comes to a close. Big Dog three-way tie for first place. Uh, pretty fun to watch. Overall, one of the more competitive conferences here. Congrats to Wisconsin and Michigan State as well. Yeah, absolutely. You win the Big Ten. You had a great year, and uh, I, I I have to say Wisconsin's probably the best team in the in the in the Big Ten. And you know what? If you know, with Michigan State had a great game plan that day, and Wisconsin ran out of time, Wisconsin might be the best team in the country, Coach. Legitimately, especially if if you watched what happened to Northwestern on uh, on Saturday, Wisconsin was taking a knee. Yeah. So they wouldn't score again. Trying to skip over that game. They scored, what, 70 points against my beloved Wildcat? And they did it in three quarters? They did. In the, in the fourth quarter, they went, they went right down the field twice and both times kneeled on the ball. Wow. Not a good finish, but hopefully uh, my Northwestern Wildcats will be invited to a bowl somewhere. Maybe they can pull off a victory. Are they still got one more game, Northwestern? I, think they I might. don't think so. I, they're, huh? they're, they're done. Their season's over, right. Coach. I'm pretty Bring- sure. No, it's not. They'll go to a bowl. Bring on Texas Tech, the number eight team in the Big Twelve. Bring me the head of the Red Raiders. That's well. That sounds good. That sounds excellent. Yeah. I'll, I'll have them play them. Yeah. Thank you very much. By the way, speaking of heads, the college football uh, firings and resignations have already began. Vanderbilt, Robbie Caldwell, he has uh, turned in his resignation. Remember, he's the young man who took over when the head coach what resigned about a month before the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's gone. Bill Lynch in Indiana who did a very admirable job keeping the ship floating. Admirable, uh, he... huh? Yeah, I do. Do you know that Alvacente is looking into the Indiana program uh, no. for football? Clean uh, as a whistle. Doing. Yeah, clean as a whistle under Bill Lynch. Well. I don't know where you're getting your information, but I think you uh, had a little bit too much dark meat on the turkey. Yeah, well, it's uh, watching ESPN last night. There's yeah. allegations of wrongdoing in the Indiana football program, and I was like, yeah. What's the wrongdoing? Lack of blocking and tackling. They were one and seven in conference. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the wrongdoing is their third down percentage, which is like eighteen percent. The hell, you can't be illegal recruiting when you've won three games in three years. Please. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. That could they they just you know what the the Michigan stuff wasn't uh, recruiting. It was like improper practices and all this other stuff. Yeah. So who knows what the wrongdoing is for Indiana? Maybe yeah. maybe one of their uh, like walk-ons, uh, you know got a free phone or something like that, and yeah. those guys aren't supposed to I, get it. I could save the NCAA a little time. You could look elsewhere than Indiana. we got bigger problems than that. You want to check out the Indiana men's swimming team or uh, or their soccer team, feel free to do so. But please, leave alone their football team. Bill Lynch has uh, resigned. They'll be looking for a new coach 
at the University of Indiana Big Dog, possibly a job you could apply for. I think you might be able to do the job. Uh, I'll, uh, trust me, I'll, I'll get back to power football coach, and the opponent's quarterback will be on the back. <laughs> Very good. And also uh, Miami, the U has fired Randy Shannon, who came there with much accolades. I feel for the guy, nice guy, quality guy, just couldn't quite get enough W's there. Randy Shannon, gone at the University of Miami. John Gruden, by the way, rumored to be the next head coach. Uh, really? Rumored. Oh, that's definitely a rumor. Who, who, if they get John Gruden, I understand the firing of Randy Shannon. But if they don't get John Gruden... Randy Shannon got, came to Miami when there were about 10 guys in jail that were under scholarships. They, yep. Nobody was going to class, let alone graduating. All of a sudden, these kids, they haven't had an incident in, in three years since the four years he's been there. They're graduating kids, and they're winning footballs at a 60% clip. What else is he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. It, maybe he needed another year or two. I, 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 that's, be careful what you, or you get, Miami. Seriously, be careful because uh, you, you just never know. But if they get John Gruden, I mean, that guy, he is a great football coach. Probably cost a little bit of money, but uh, that's that's the rumor anyways. Either him or it's Indiana coach Bill Lynch. One of the two will probably be the new head coach. Well, here's the thing at Miami. They have a 70,000-seat arena that is not on campus. And as soon as Miami's out of the national championship picture, mm-hmm. they go from averaging 70,000 people about 22 people ah. not 22,000 I mean 22 people I think you just hit on the reason that Randy Shannon is no longer the coach of the uh, University of Miami exactly the, 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 the most fair weather fans the most front-running fans in the world in all of the world coach are Miami mm-hmm. University football fans there it is or University of Miami whatever to you if you're from the University of Miami or live in the Miami area or God forbid a graduate of the University of Miami. There are those, by the way, who have graduated from the University of Miami. Feel free to uh, take issue with the big dog, or you want to agree with him, you can do that too. 888-463-6748. Dog, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk some NFL football. Your beloved Bears were absolutely awesome yesterday. I know you have thoughts and notes to get to on the beloved Bears. We'll get to it in about 38 seconds. Quick break, TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic, big dog and a coat. Don't go anywhere. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. We are back at the Two Guys and a Mic show again. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope everybody out there had an outstanding Thanksgiving weekend, one of our favorite holiday weekends. We hope it was great. For you out there, we do appreciate your joining us here on a Monday. We do it every 10 to 11, Monday through Friday, five days a week. 
uh, one hour a day, five. And Toto, the big dog, and the coach at your service, 888-463-6748. We didn't play beat the Schmoes last week, so we got no results to go over in that category. We'll do the NFL round them up and wrap them up, a regular segment here on Mondays coming up in just a second. Uh, real quick, before we go over the Bears game, David Olson, I know our obituary of the day, and it's been a slow month. The month of November has not been great for uh, famous people passing away. A little disappointing, quite frankly. But Leslie Nielsen, one of the nearest and dearest, has passed away at the uh, tender age of 84 years old. There's no way for a man to die. Yeah, you're right, Ed. A parachute not opening, that's a way to die. Getting caught in the gears of a combine. Having a nut spit off by a Laplander, that's the way I want to go. He gave his own obituary ten years ago. So, big dog, surely you miss him. Hey, uh, coach. Uh, yes, I do miss him, and please don't call me Shirley. Thank you very much. Surely there must be something you can do. I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> and stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> oh, I had time goodness. to prepare for this one. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. That's well done. If you got any more of them, feel free to drop them in. Uh, yeah, I mean he would, and he made the great transition from serious actor to comic actor. He did a complete 360, 180, whatever you want to call. It. I still, as much as I, I mean, Airplane, one of the greatest comedies of all time. The Naked Guns were classic. I still remember one of my favorite scenes of all time in any movie. I list Poseidon Adventure, the original, one of my top five movies of all time. And he was the captain playing a serious role in that. And I'll never forget they had, uh, you know, reports of the giant wave coming, but it was Leslie Nielsen looking to his left as he's steering the ship, and he looks out the window. And you see the huge wave. Back then, the technology was not that great, but it was cool back then anyways when you're watching it in the movie theater, the giant wave coming at him. And I forgot what he said, but I remember that scene when he realized the, the humongousness of that of that wave, and that was Leslie Nielsen in a uh, serious role. But Big Dog, were you a fan of the... Uh, Naked Guns in the airplane movie? Oh, absolutely. Loved them. Uh, I, I thought those were absolutely phenomenal movies. And I think the reason why he was so funny uh, it was because in those movies is because he played it totally serious. So he would say those lines like it was a serious thing. So yep. you, you took a serious actor, you have him say those crazy lines, and he <laughs> ends up being funny. Oh, it's all right. I'm sure that we can handle this situation maturely. Just like the responsible adults that we are. Isn't that right, Mr. Poopy Pants? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of Mr. Poopy Pants, I, I hate to change the subject off of Leslie Nielsen. He, he had a great life. But uh, have you heard about the Australian guy who had uh, – it, it, it's a YouTube sensation coach, and it's only about five days old. But it, it's a guy who is on a morning show, you know, those silly morning shows that uh, – you know, they have guests on and stuff. And this guy, one of their guests was an Indian, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, delegate or whatever, okay? He was a guy way up in in India, and his name is uh, D-I-K-S-H-I-T. His name is Dixit Coach. So when the guy reads this, he starts laughing. <laughs> Okay, he's like, no, this can't be his name. And they were like, no, no, that's his name. But his name, and he kept saying it, and he couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> hey, Coach, you got to see this. I mean, it How is one I... of the funniest things you will ever see. <laughs> Excuse me. What would you uh, look under for YouTube? Uh, just just put D-I-K-S-H-I-T. 
That's all you got to do. Put the Indian delegate's last name on there, and I guarantee it comes up. There's there's about 30 options of it, and the original the original one had 500,000 hits in the first eight hours. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny that like I show people, they're emailing me back. They're like, "This is like the funniest thing I've ever seen." Yeah, and the host is trying to remain serious, but he's cracking up. No, 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 no. He doesn't try to remain serious oh. whatsoever. Okay, he thinks it's a gag. I'm I'm pretty sure. And everybody else is like, no, that's his real name. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, the best line he says is, oh, well, it's appropriate. He's Indian. And then everybody's like, mouth drop. Wow. Take it easy. I don't know if that's his best line, the most controversial line. Anyways, all right, we'll check that that's out. Right? I bet, like the funniest line. I like, I can't yeah. believe this idiot said it. By the way, he's been fired. Really? Yeah, they fired him. Oh, and he, he already got a job, I think. So. People sort of like the guy from uh, NPR, right? He gets. What he did gets, he do? Why? Uh, what, what did he do? Juan Williams or something like that? He gets fired for uh, I forget what the. It was a very simple controversy. What did he, he say? Got, he got fired because he says he gets nervous when he sees Muslims. Oh, that's right. Getting yeah. on an airplane. Yeah. So NPR fires him, and uh, Fox hires him for about a two million dollar contract. Gotcha. Wow. We should all we should all get fired and drop into luck like that, huh? No, no, that's exactly it. See, you do something controversial, you're going to get fired, but don't worry, somebody else is going to hire you in a, a second afterwards. So right. don't get any ideas here, big dog, because we're not firing. You will not get out of your day to day contract. By the way, really, you did I, get a over the weekend. You did get a long term extension here, which means you're uh, on the show till Wednesday. Excellent. Yeah. And Thursday's contract will be determined on your performance on Wednesday's show. Uh, all right, 888-463-6748. Two guys in a mic show. Again, thanks for joining us. We talked a little college football real quick. Let's wrap up yesterday's, and let's not as forget that we had a little Thursday uh, NFL football as well. The NFL football weekend, big dog, uh, some great games. I think eight out of 11 games yesterday, a touchdown or less. So some close games. The Bears, we got to stop, start off with our beloved Bears, 30 one to twenty six over Philadelphia. I was lucky enough to be there, big dog. Finally got my kids to a game first time in their lives. But uh great game. Uh, not as close as the score would indicate. The Bears were in control throughout. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. The only time it was it was really close is when uh, the it was uh, uh the Eagles had a chance to uh go ahead at the end of the first half. And then Tommy Harris coach I was afraid when you were, like, last week you were going to talk about the obituary of the day was going to be Tommy Harris, but it, it wasn't. He was actually still alive. He tips a Michael Vick pass. Uh, it's intercepted by Chris Harris, and then the, the Bears go down and, and score a touchdown. That was def- that was the last time it was close. That was the, the Bears- clearly the single biggest play of the game. Yes, without a doubt. And then the, the Bears took control from that, and then on. It was mm-hmm. awfully nice to see. Definitely, you know, you talked about how the – the Vikings was the most complete game of the year. Or, uh, two weeks ago, this was definitely the most yep. complete game of the season for the Bears. Yeah, they look like a professional team, a good professional team. Well done performance. Uh, I picked out four guys I thought were very, very good. Matt Forte, the running back, continues to impress. Uh, a little more patient, waiting for his holes. Shows surprising speed, had over 100 yards. But Forte uh, really developing. And he's never going to be a superstar, but a nice Solid NFL running back. He played his second consecutive good game. Earl Bennett. Earl Bennett. He's not a superstar. Remember, I'm the one who told you, Big Dog, last year that our wide receiving core is just fine. It's not great. 
but it's just fine. You get a good quarterback to deliver the football, Johnny Knox, Earl Bennett, Devin Hester, Greg Olson, with Rashid Davis and uh, Arama Shadu backing him up. That's good enough. That's good enough to win big games, and they've proved that. But Earl Bennett, last couple of weeks, he's taken the next step up uh, from a level three receiver. Again, I'm not going to call him level one superstar, but he's taken that next step to level two, and that's a big jump for Earl Bennett, previously nondescript. Yeah, they just need somebody who's going to catch the ball on third down. Make sure you can get 10 yards down the field and put your body in front of somebody, catch the ball, and, and take the hit. And he did that yesterday. Earl Bennett's definitely his best game as a Chicago Bear was last night, without yeah. a doubt. And Devin Hester played well. Johnny Knox of the receivers to Greg Olson. I think only had one catch, but it was a sensational one. Oh, in yeah, the- it was going over the guy in the end zone. That was phenomenal, yep. Coach. It, Greg Olson also had a couple big blocks. And, and on the offensive line, uh, you're playing against one of the better defensive front sevens in the NFL. They, I thought, did a pretty good, not spectacular, but a pretty good job. And Chris Williams, maybe he's an offensive guard in the NFL because they were pulling him around. He was going downfield making blocks. Chris Williams, even though he had a, a, a holding penalty, he had a phenomenal game yesterday, Coach. Mm-hmm. He was all over the place putting hats on people. Excellent. All right. I did not have Chris Williams marked down, but uh, you've got him down. Big number 74, the left guard, first-round draft choice of the Bears. I had Forte, Earl Bennett, uh, the aforementioned Tommy Harris the last couple of games. He's starting to play football. I uh, brought the Binocs with me to the game, Big Dog. I like to, on occasion, not all the time, but I'll pick out individual matchups. And at least a couple of times I did concentrate on, on big number 91, Tommy Harris. And he's got that burst back. He gets blocked a little bit. He's, he's not as big as he used to be. But he, after getting blocked, boom, he will make that real quick move to the quarterback or quick move to the running back. And it was the quickness for his body size. That's what made him an all-pro in those three years. I'm not saying he's all-pro now, but I am saying the burst is back with Tommy Harris. Which, which is Coming back at a really, really good time because this team, you know, they're going to have to win with defense. But let's face it, okay, they don't have the greatest offense in the world. But if, uh, you know, if he, the burst is back with him and Julius Peppers and Adana Jay and and uh, Tawina, oh, well, Tawina, he's good. Seventy-five makes so many plays. The, the angry Samoan. Nobody even talked about him in the beginning of the year. What a nice pickup he was for the Bears, Matt Tuama Wamawama. What's his last name? Tuima. Tawina, he's got the easy one, Matt Tawina. Yeah, that's the easy Samoa name on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, much e- much easier than Tina yeah. Isamoa. Well, it's so. an easy name, but he still qualifies as an angry Samoan. His arms, the size of a good old oak tree. He's a big boy. He's extremely large, coach. Yeah. The final guy I had now with my uh, double star next to him, and Julius Peppers has played great. I don't mean to take anything away from Julius Peppers, but the last few games, the best defensive end, arguably the entire season. The best defensive end for the Chicago Bears has been my guy, Israeli Adonijay. He has played, I know the reputation of Julius Peppers, and I know what he's getting paid, so the features on him, but if you forgot... And I also know that there's two guys on Peppers every play, right, only one maybe. guy on Adonijay okay. every play. Uh, that, that's the way it used to be. When I put the binocs on Israeli Adonijay, he had two guys blocking him. I'm just telling you, I think, if you would put a 90 on Adonijay and a 71 on Peppers and watched him play this year, everybody would be talking about... The new number 90, Israeli Adonijah. He's played as well as Julius. And I don't mean to cut down Julius Peppers. I'm telling you, Israeli Adonijah's played like an all-pro this year. Uh, uh, that's, that's a bold statement, Coach. An all-pro, the, the best in the league. That's uh, uh, 
I think he deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. I really do think he deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. And I'm not going to sit here and rip the Dodgers. The kid has been unbelievable. He's been as good as you could ever ask for for the Chicago Bears. Name me, name me a better defensive end in the NFL right now than my guy Israeli. There, there'd be, there'd be a couple, coach. I would have to, I mean, I would have to go with uh, Justin Tuck. Uh, let me see, Trent Cole, the Philadelphia Eagles. Overrated. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty impressive. Number 58, uh, he's, he's got some quicks for a big fellow as well. Uh, Mario uh, Williams, yeah, I have to go with, and Richard nothing. Seymour. Donna Jay could make Seymour. mincemeat yeah. out of Mario Williams. Minc- Richard Seymour is pretty good, though, Coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the Bears game? Sweet victory, 31-26. Jake Cutler uh, was not a superstar, but he was awfully good, workmanlike, and uh, didn't make any big mistakes. That was the key. Uh, no big mistakes, and uh, it was funny. I don't think I can remember a linebacking core, linebacker core missing so many tackles, yet looking back and being like, you know, they played pretty well. I don't know how many times Erlacher or Briggs got faked out by Michael Vick and were eating grass, but it seemed like when one would get faked out, the other one was right there to clean up the mess that the other one made. Mm-hmm. A very, very good ball game by by those guys, even though they did miss a bunch of tackles. Right. And uh, uh, Mike Mark, realizing that the name of the game is get the W and not figure out how many passing yards his team can have at the end of the game. That very, very, they pass at the right situation. And for the first time all year, you know, that, just to annoy everybody in the room, I always call out the play that the Bears are doing right before the snap. And they, <laughs> like at first they get mad, and then about yeah. like a minute into it, they're like, dude, you're right every time. Well, yesterday. <laughs> I wasn't right, which was good, a good sign. Everybody in the room was happy about that because usually that means if I could figure it out, a guy getting paid $1.5 million a year to be a defensive coordinator, I'm sure could figure it out. So uh, it, it was good yesterday that the Bears were really keeping the Eagles off balance, not knowing what they were going to do, whether they're going to pass it 20 yards downfield or run it right at them. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, watching March at the game. He stands com- as far away from the offense as he possibly can, as far away from everybody as he possibly can. I guess that's his way of uh, concentrating. But and I, and I was wondering how, you know, they're constantly changing personnel on the offense, second down, third down, different packages, different plays. It's got to be a pretty quick system from him to the play call to getting the players in. I was kind of wondering how that communication works. But uh, Martz is an island that. unto himself. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. I wonder how they do that. I guess maybe he's he's got to have a headset on to somebody else on the sideline, also yep. being like you know elephant package mm-hmm. or you know mouse package or yeah. whatever. You so. got you got to be pretty efficient with that. And of course, uh, we talked about Jay Cutler having a call. Uh, seems like one or two timeouts per half because of that confusion. So maybe they're not as efficient as they could be in that area. And that'll come back. By the way, that will come back to Snappy on the backside in a big playoff game. They need to shore that up. Um, all right, any other thoughts on the Bears game, Big Dog? Otherwise, we'll get uh, a little music tool. We'll do our regular segment of NFL, round them up and wrap them up. Some great games yesterday. Any other final thoughts you got on your notepad? I know you do a lot of research uh, for the program uh, a couple of minutes before the show. Quite simply, some people around the NFL are all upset that the Bears' grass and field conditions are horrible. Some Bear fans say that it's uh, embarrassing, but a Bear fan like me says this, it's home field advantage. Take advantage of it. We're the only team in the NFL yeah. that plays on a, a playground. 
on a field that is worse than there were, my high school field. Okay. It didn't. I'll tell you what. From the naked eye, there it did not look bad, but you could see players were slipping on a fairly regular basis. Is it just the natural turf, like, or is it something unique about Soldier Field? Uh, the first, the first thing is they don't. They only cut it once a month. Okay. And they they'll cut it right after the game and not before the game. So long grass, you tend to slip more. And and, and two is they had uh, three football games on it on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, on Friday they had the. Uh, oh, that's right, the, the prep bowl. Uh huh. Interesting. Interesting. All right. By the way, I got to throw some kudos out to the guy. Uh, two rows in front of me, about three or four beers into it. Everyone's got Urlacher jerseys, and you know the. Peppers is getting popular now, but primarily it's Urlacher and, uh, you know, Cutler. You got Sayers and Buck. This guy's wearing, uh, I think it was number 39. He's got Enos on the back of the jersey. You don't see a whole lot of Curtis Enos replica football jerseys anymore. I appreciate no, it. No, I, I have to admit, if you're wearing an Enos jersey <laughs> or a Rick Meyer jersey yeah. or a Grossman jersey. Rashawn Salam. Go get your head out of your butt. Oh, okay? come That's on. like whenever I see somebody with a Mark Pryor jersey at the Cubs game. I'm like, dude. <laughs> You just go with a regular T-shirt, okay? Don't you're not proving to anybody you're a Cub fan by wearing a Mark Pryor jersey. Uh, right? Yeah, you, you you might convince me otherwise. I had a different impression when I saw it. I said I got to appreciate a guy still brave enough to wear a, a Curtis Enos jersey to a Bears game. Yeah, I, I wear a Zorch jersey, but you're talking about a guy that had a proud, proud tenure as a Chicago Bear. Not not a not a proud tenure as a charitable organization guy, but you know as a yeah. Bear, he had a proud yeah. tenure. Yeah. All right. All right, real quick, let's go over some of the other games. Big Dog, great Sunday of football. Some pretty good games on Thursday, too. It's time for our regular Monday segment, the NFL. Round them up or wrap them up. Watching LeBron James bump into head coach Eric Spolester. We're trying to figure out, was that a bump? Was it an accidental bump or an intentional bump? But I get distracted. NFL Roundup up, wrap up, Big Dog. Let's start off with Pittsburgh. The Steelers knocking off Buffalo. What a game it was. 19-16 to didn't catch this game, Dog, but apparently Buffalo receiver Steve Johnson, how rough are things for Buffalo, had a wide-open catch in overtime for the touchdown victory. He dropped it. Pittsburgh wins on a field goal in OT. Ouch for the Buffalo Bill fans. You know, last week Steve Johnson had the best game of his career on one of his touchdowns. He pulls up his jersey and he has written on his undershirt, why so serious? You know why so serious? Because if you act a fool, you drop winning touchdown passes and look like an idiot. Mm. That's why so serious. Steve Johnson. Boy, that hurts. That hurts. Buffalo almost pulling off the upset. Last place going against first place. All right, real quick, let's go to uh, Cal- uh, Cleveland against uh, Carolina. 24-23, good ball game here. Carolina misses a 42-yard field goal at the buzzer. Barely missed. Think it hit the crossbar. And uh, for Cle- for uh, Cleveland, I'm not going to say a star has been born, but he continues to be born. Peyton Hollis, 130 yards, three touchdowns, six receptions. Uh, Peyton Hollis becoming, a, I'm not going to say an MVP candidate, but flat out one of your NFL stars picked up. Uh, Peyton Hillis, phenomenal coach. You know where Peyton Hillis went to college? No. He went to Arkansas, and he was a free agent the same year that Darren McFadden was drafted seventh overall. Uh-huh. Felix Jones was drafted 22nd overall. How, how good was Peyton Hillis? I apologize. How good was he in college? Good enough that uh, Arkansas will go to the Wildcat formation and put all three of those guys in the backfield at the same time. 
Was he like their their number one runner, their feature runner? No, they had let me coach Darren McFadden and Felix Jones were on the team. Never mind. Don't want to. But I'm just saying, isn't that crazy? All three of those guys were in the same backfield. Two of them get drafted. One's a free agent. Now the one that's a free agent is the one who's having the great success in the NFL. Wow. Well, Felix Jones still going to be a pretty good running back as well, and then Darren McFadden too. So they had three very good NFL players on the same team. They should crazy, fire the coach for not being national champions. Yeah, no. uh, moving right along, Atlanta Falcons taking on Green Bay. I got in the Soldier Field yesterday, big dog down in the bowels, and the game was in the final minute. And I thought I arrived to the game late because everybody's hollering and screaming. I thought, what's going on? I thought it was a three fifteen start. Everybody's on there around the TV watching the end of the Packer-Atlanta game. Wild finish. Aaron Rodgers leads him in an 80-yard touchdown drive. Packers tie it up. They leave a few seconds left on the clock. Atlanta drives down the field. Matt Bryant kicks a 42-yard, a 47-yard to win the game for the Falcons. The Bears are in first place, my friend. Yeah, and you know what? Instead of people being like the worst first place team, you know what? I can't. They're they're eight and three, and they're playing well. Out of Chicago Bears, phenomenal game. Matt Ryan is awfully good coach, yep. and the Falcons might be the best team in the NFC. They make a very strong case for because they do everything well. Yep, they are quietly uh, kind of sneaking under the radar, but having a very, very good football season, no question about it. Moving right along, NFL round them up and wrap them up. We do it every Monday here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show, Minnesota Vikings. The theory is fire a coach and win a game. It seems to be working. More teams might try the same thing. Uh, Leslie Frazier takes over in his first game, beats the Redskins 20-17. to 17. Adrian Peterson got injured, but nevertheless, Vikings win in a nice uh, first victory for Leslie Frazier. Yeah, they put in, uh, oh, I forget the name, I can't think of his name right now, the bowling ball running back. Uh, I almost said Tommy Vardell, the other guy from Stanford, but I can't think of, can't think of his name. Yeah, but uh, they just kept giving it to him, and they kept getting three yards and a grass stain afterwards. And the Washington Redskins, how the Bears lost to that team, I still do not know. I do not know. But I was rooting for the Vikings yesterday because I'm more concerned about the Bears than I am about my hatred for the Minnesota Vikings. And you got to root for uh, X85 Super Bowl champion Leslie Frazier. Good guy. Good all-around guy. you got to root for him to have some success there as well. I'm not As much as I love Leslie Frazier, Coach, I, I, I am not going to root for a Minnesota Vikings team unless it's going to help the Bears in the playoffs. That's just you're a very sordid and angry young man, Big Doug. I don't know about angry. New York Giants knock off Jacksonville 24-20. to Good game here. Uh, Giants win it with an Eli Manning 32-yard pass. About three minutes left in the game. Back and forth it went. Jacksonville had a shot to win it, but they couldn't take advantage. But a great game. Big win for the Giants. And Jacksonville played well, though, in defeat. Yeah, they played well, Coach, but they blew a lead. And that, it was just sad. I mean... They couldn't score at all after being able to move the ball at will in the first half. So, you know, those those halftime adjustments, adjustments, usually a, a big deal in NFL football, and it definitely was for the, the Jaguars and the and the Giants yesterday. Right, we're halfway through the NFL round of up, wrapping up, big dogs. If you got to make any adjustments, uh, do them quickly because it's time to get to a few more games. Uh, Houston, Houston. Houston, hey, Houston, Houston 20, Tennessee nothing. Matt Schaub, very, very good. Tennessee Titans on the downswing. Rusty Smith starting a quarterback. We all know that uh, Vince Young is uh, a little controversy with the coach now, out for the season, quote-unquote, because of an injury. Uh, and, a, and a good one-on-one fight, one of the better one-on-one fights that we've seen. Andre Johnson and who was it, Cortland? 
Finnegan, Coach. And yeah. if anybody, he's the bad boy of the NFL, yep. Portland Finnegan. So um, supposedly there was a lot of stuff going on all game, a bunch of cheap shots, and Andre Johnson eventually had enough. He ripped Portland Finnegan's helmet off, and then mm-hmm. Portland Finnegan ripped his off, and then basically uh, Johnson got behind him and started dropping bombs on Finnegan's yep. ear. It was it, You don't really don't see that in football. No. It was really, good. So that was. I would not want to get into a fight with Andre Johnson after seeing that. To be quite honest, I will say Cortland, Cortland Finnegan in defeat did a very nice check because his helmet got ripped off immediately. Yeah, uh, and he got beaten in the fight, but in defeat did a nice job of ripping the helmet off of Andre Johnson. Even though he didn't get any punches in, he gets a nine point eight for the helmet rip on an Andre Johnson. That was impressive. Yeah, it's too bad the, the Texans play their best football game all season, and all everybody's talking about is yes. the fact that 100 shots yep. got in the fight, he's going to get suspended yep. probably. Yep. Probably good for Rusty Smith, though, because his uh, debut as the Tennessee Titan quarterback and in the inevitable words of uh, Groucho Marx, not so good. It didn't help that Chris Johnson had seven carries for five yards. The guy that said he was going to run for 2,500 this yep. year, yeah, well, he got .02% of the yards he needed in that game. Also, not so good. Not good, Coach. All right. Kansas City knocked off Seattle. The Chiefs in first place, 7-4 record. Who would have thunk it? The P.D. Carroll era rapidly wearing thin in Seattle. 42-24. to How about the game for Derek Bowe, Big Dog, the outstanding wide receiver of the Chiefs? 13 catches, 170 yards. Career game for your guy, Derek Bowe. Yeah, Dwayne Bowe from LSU, Coach. Dwayne Three or Derek? Touchdowns. Dwayne. You sure? Three touchdowns also. Oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, we got to wrap it up. Hey, San Diego won, too. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow's Residue Tuesday. We'll pick up some other stories. Dog, we flat ran out of time. I'm glad you were safe over the Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, tomorrow at 10, we'll do it all over again, okay? Sounds good. See you in 23 hours, Coach. I'll save some green bean casserole for you. You can pass. Thank you very much. All right, have a great day out there, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back at you at 10 tomorrow. Two guys at a mic. Talk so. Dot com.